This episode of On Comedy Writing is brought to you by Audible. Now listen, if you're listening to this podcast, we know one thing about you. You hate reading. You love books, but you hate using your eyes for them. You want to use your ear holes. Well, whatever you're looking for, Audible has audiobooks for every passion. You can get two audiobooks for free when you start today. Uh, The Great Gatsby, right? I, I don't think of that as a book by F. Scott Fitzgerald. I think of it as a book read to me by Anthony Hopkins. Okay, the book should be, it should be The Great Gatsby by Anthony Hopkins. That's how I view it. When you what you get with your Audible membership? Well, you get one credit a month, good for any audiobook, regardless of price. Your own library to build. Keep your audiobooks for every day if you cancel. Exclusive member savings. Get thirty percent off any additional audiobooks. Easy exchanges. Don't love the books? Offer free anytime. Seriously, and most importantly, you don't have a dang book to read. You get it in your ears. You can start your free 30-day trial of Audible by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash audible, and you get two audiobooks to keep whether you sign up or not. That's boardwalkaudio.com slash audible. Never read a book again! This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. On comedy writing, on comedy writing. Thanks for downloading this episode of On Comedy Writing, the podcast about the business and craft of writing comedy. I'm your host, Alan Johnson. We've got a great episode. But first, the best way to support this show is by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash oncomedywriting. Click the supporter artist button, shop on Amazon like in Earlywood, and we get a little kickback. Our guest this week is Pat Castles. Pat was the head writer of videos at College Humor for many years and is now a writer at Full Frontal with Samantha B. Uh, I've been a big fan of Pat uh, for a while. I was a big college humor fan growing up. So it was great to talk to him. So here is Pat Castles. Uh, Pat, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, where are you from originally? Uh, I was, I'm was. i from uh, New York, but not. I'm uh, from the Hudson Valley, uh, north, about two hours north of here, where we are right now. Uh, okay. Um, I was born in Poughkeepsie, New York. Oh, I know Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend. I have a friend who's from there. Cool. Yeah, that's like they have. What schools there's like? Uh, there's actually a bunch. There's a yeah. weirdly large concentration of good schools there. There's like Vassar is there, Marist is there. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Culinary Institute of America, which is kind of like the top cooking school in the country, I oh. think, is there. It's kind of a weird coincidence. But it, it is like a, a is like a rougher place, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't know the like the crime rates, uh, yeah. so to speak, in the area. <laughs> Newburgh, um, which is where I grew up, um, was had had has high or had high crime rates. I don't, know, I haven't, but back in yeah. the day, yeah. Um, Poughkeepsie, I think it's probably. I think there's a lot of different. It's a very big area, so right. probably um, there's probably some areas that are good and some that are yeah. less good. Yeah. Did, uh, did were you interested in comedy at all growing up? Growing up, uh, I mean, yeah, my dad kind of was a big, like, he was a uh, big influence in terms of comedy and stuff. I, you know, um, this is not a very interesting answer, but um, The Simpsons and Conan and stuff, though I I, I grew up, my dad, we grew up watching that a a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I loved watching, I watched a lot of TV and I definitely loved comedy in particular shows. Those shows, Beavis and Butthead was a big one, but I don't think I, but not like I didn't, I wasn't like, you know, like recording like Gary Shandling stand up or anything right. like that. It was, that was, that came a little, I think the idea of, of doing it in any, or even being into comedy, any kind of like thoughtful way was probably a little later, mm-hmm. but I've always loved it. Yeah. Did you watch the, the reboot of Beavis and Butthead? I think I watched like one episode of it. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was a period where I just did not have cable or something, yeah. and I was unable to actually actually watch it. Um, but I love like everything Mike Judge does, yeah. so I was excited about it in theory. I just I did not get around to actually. I, watch I thought it was great. Out. Yeah, I'd never seen the. I'd only seen the clips from the original. Uh, well, that's yeah. It seems like it's cool. It was like maybe reintroducing it to a new generation, yeah. so to speak. That seems kind of neat. But yeah, it was. I mean, that show is so. Everything he does is so um, like defines a whole it's so like just gets the kind of culture that he's targeting whether it's right young people with beefs and butthead and that in that time Mm -hmm. and place or 
Silicon Valley, in Silicon Valley, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, King of the Hill. But yeah, no, I, I should, I should, I should, actually, I should actually watch those. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, though, it's funny. Like there were two, and I think it's a similar thing in the new version, but there were two halves of the show. Half of right. it was like a, a a cartoon, just an episode where they go on an adventure or whatever, and the other half was them commenting on music videos. Right, right. As a kid, I was a little too young to really appreciate their the music video part. I was like, this is boring. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure I would enjoy it more now, though. But I think I was just, oh, like, why, you know, this isn't a zany adventure. Yeah. Why would I care about this? But I think I was a little, I, I wasn't cool enough or old enough to, to like, right. care about Nirvana or whatever. So yeah. their opinions on Nirvana didn't really matter to me. I watched one of those recently, actually, because I was watching, I was going down, like, a YouTube rabbit hole of pavement videos. Like the band Pavement, yeah, and I saw they did one for like cut your the cut your hair music video, and uh, it was great. They really ripped into them. <laughs> that was that an old that that was an old one. That was an old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I should go. I, I should go back and, and and watch some of those. Were they? Yeah. I, I can't remember. Did they do famous bands or were they kind of like unknown bands? I feel like it was a mixture. It was a, a mixture. Bit, yeah. yeah, it was. There was a lot of. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of Beavis and Butthead, but yeah, I think they did both. Yeah. Uh, so, like, were you doing like any sort of performance stuff growing up or writing stuff? like growing up performing and writing growing up not really mm-hmm. in any again in any super meaningful way i didn't like i i'm sure there's like things i wrote as like a 9 year old that my mom kept or something yeah. but i yeah i think i was just more absorbing stuff all the time i mean my brother and i would like goof off a lot and it was more that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and i was I did a lot of, like, my parents put me in a lot of creative things. Like, I took a painting class, and I took an acting class, and all these things when I was still in high school, if not younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, it was, I don't, like, college is when I kind of actually started writing with any kind of intention or even thoughts about doing it as a career in any format whatsoever. Um, I think, so growing up, if you're defining growing up as, like, pre-college mm-hmm. pre-high school i don't know but anything pre-college certainly it was a little more um just watching movies basically all the time yeah. <laughs> uh when you went to college did you know like what you wanted to do uh i discovered what i wanted to do in college i don't think i i don't think i went in knowing i know i want i think i was definitely like moody and creative going into college um which i'm sure was very annoying for everyone <laughs> that i knew but um yeah i, I think it was around my first or second year of college, I took a creative writing class and didn't really love it, but my <laughs> teacher, the professor, kind of saw... The, the stuff I wrote was really kind of sarcastic and basically comedy, essentially. And I think he kind of nudged me to go further in that direction, which was uh, very nice of him, yeah. <laughs> instead of failing me. Um, so, yeah, and then that... Led me to uh, I, I eventually I wound up at SUNY Purchase College in Westchester, again upstate New York, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of and then I started writing for the student paper there, uh, which is this kind of like alternative, cool weekly right. thing, um, which was nice because I got to write whatever I wanted essentially, and a lot of it was just weird, funny, semi-fictional essays and stuff like that. Um, do, you, do you remember any of them? Do I remember any of them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of did like... Some of them were like um, journalism, but with a very like kind of detached, ironic kind of thing. Like I did this very in-depth review of a pizzeria that was around the corner from the campus that was sort of like jokingly intense. For right, just right. A, it was like the only pizzeria in town. Um, great pizzeria. I wasn't making fun of the pizzeria mm-hmm. itself. It was just like taking it very seriously. Um, there was, and then I started, yeah, th- then there were something that were just straight, like, um, satire. Uh, those, I think we, like, we got, like, a Starbucks on campus, and I wrote some sort of op-ed from, like, the position of, like, the guy who invented Starbucks, which was just complete fiction. You know. Yeah. Pr- pr- you know, de- deliberately so. Um... I had also started submitting stuff to McSweeney's at that point, and I got some stuff on there at while I was still in college. And I think they 
I think they reprinted some of that stuff in the student paper, which probably isn't totally kosher, but it was the student <laughs> it wasn't for money or anything. Yeah, it was yeah. just the student paper or whatever. So um yeah. Those are well, I haven't thought about that in a while. But yeah. And did you what what was your major at the time in college? Uh English. Okay. So yeah. it kind of was uh in the same vein of stuff. Yeah. I knew I wanted to be a writer of some sort and I just didn't but I didn't really want to do the creative writing classes type thing uh which is obviously a bit of a paradox but um but yeah English just seemed appealed to me I liked writing essays and stuff and that was it's like 90% of what being 50% is reading books and the other 50% is writing about them yeah um and I don't know. I think I harbored for like a split second the idea of becoming like a teacher or a professor right. of, of English. Um, and then I realized that uh, I'd rather do something that's not that noble. Right. <laughs> uh, so when you graduated, did you like know what you were, did you like have any job options or, like after college or anything? So I started writing for College Humor when I was still okay. in college. I was okay. writing articles for them. They were, you know, they, they were doing some video stuff but mostly articles and that kind of dovetailed with the kind of stuff I was doing on some of these other websites at the student paper and then <clears throat> excuse me um they offered me an internship as when I graduated uh so I had but I so I um I like had a reason to, I I knew I wanted to move to New York City anyway mm-hmm. to pursue some kind of writing career and that one, that was just, I liked, we liked each other. They were publishing a lot of my stuff. That was cool. So I, I lived in the Bronx for about two years while I was first interning and then working there sort of on a, on a part-time mm-hmm. basis. Um, so, so yeah, I kind of did have like, uh, I had a nice, I, I was lucky in that I think I was able to at least have some kind of, you know, direction or mm-hmm. something to kind of grab onto uh while I was pursuing a mm-hmm. a writing career just after college anyway and I just you know luckily uh I really college humor and I really kind of connected it worked it worked really well so so yeah it was I I definitely had to like that first year or two, I was just basically, I just had this part-time job in, in the Bronx, lived with my brother and then my uncle, who I have a lot of family in the Bronx. And um, yeah, and then just kind of a, but yeah, so it was a little bit, I, I it, it, it the, the, the comedy writing thing sort of, I didn't like, it didn't, it's not really an accident that I fell into that, but it was definitely a little bit, um, I don't know, if, if college humor was, at a, sl- was a slightly different uh type of if they were doing like reviews of like i don't know ipods or something i might be like a super i, I you know <laughs> but I, but i think you know I, i've always like i said i mean it was a very easy mm-hmm. once i started they started publishing my stuff and i started enjoying writing these kinds of articles it, it definitely clicked that like oh this is like something right. i like to write i don't really want to do it in a, in a way that's too serious that takes itself too seriously and that's kind of what you know, so it really clicked in that in that sense, and and this was still like the time where college humor was a lot of like, uh, like hot girls stuff, right? Like a lot of like yeah. There, well, there was like a yeah. We had a we had a we had like a vertical on this site that was there was a lot of like um we had we would like profile different college girls of the week and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think by the time I started, we were moved. We gradually were moving. Yeah. They were moving away from that. It's it, the, the the website started in nineteen ninety nine. Oh, uh, wow. I got there in two, technically, yeah, the, uh-huh. like a day one, I think is like in 99. Um, and I started in 2007, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. The, the, the website has definitely evolved over, over the years for sure. Mm-hmm. And so were they making, um, originals when you first got there or like soon after? Um, they had like dabbled in doing original video or like on and off. I, th- I mean, this, this is like, I, I actually never even like sat down I, i'm not like a historian yeah. of the website but um i think they had dabbled in original videos like sketches and i think they even had done like a web video i think since 1999 is it's as a whole it's just a weird like you know from like e-bombs world to like right. you to like today um 
but yeah, they, I think they were like just starting to do it. The, the newest iteration that wound up being the one that I kind of grew with um, was around not too, I think not too much, too much earlier before I started essentially. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was about, it was kind of the, the like the, the one, the one that like the, the, the iteration that most people probably know uh, was I think started like shortly before I got there, maybe 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 a few months or maybe a year before I got there. But it was, I think it was good timing. I got I kind of got there as it was growing, so right. I was able. There was a place for me there because it was sort of I grew with it. And uh, what were like the like the first like originals that you guys were making? Like were they like I mean how similar were they to like what you would make like say like a, a two or three years later? Um. A big evolution that I kind of feel like was when we started, it was a lot of, um, I think a lot of the big hits, I think in the early years were like just things that were kind of parodying internet culture specifically, like commenters or this or mm-hmm. that, which sounds at the time, this was very innovative. Right, right. <laughs> um, kind of. Uh, but... I think and then and then there was a, a while where we were very much focused on doing topical stuff like if a news story broke that week or there was a you know something a viral video or something we would want to do a a sketch about that video or about that breaking news or what, or whatever um I think over time we kind of moved away from that a little bit we still I the website when I left was still doing and still does topical stuff but um it was just very hard to like um, turn out a video in like forty eight hours, right. and sometimes you do it and it's awesome and it's a huge hit and you you pulled it off and it's amazing. But other, I think I think uh, over time it was kind of more rewarding and and to kind of not try and play the like forty eight hour turnaround game. Essentially, right. that's a very wonky production y kind of schedule y answer, but. Um, that's a, that's that's definitely a way in which in which change and also also like the they now have you know it's it's the cast is completely different now I'm not even there anymore yeah. obviously but uh the cast is entirely different uh the video the also uh video the quality of cameras has gotten so much better the first hardly working the first Jake and the Mirrors for example I think we're shot on like a like some sort of like very just a consumer not even a video camera, like a picture uh-huh. camera that also took videos. Wow. Um, whereas now, you know, that they're much more polished and professional or, you know, not saying better or worse, but <laughs> uh, yeah, just more production value mm-hmm. around them in general. But it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, um, that, you know, there was some topical, but then you try to kind of, for production reasons or whatever reasons, that you kind of shied away from that. Because I know, like, uh, like I'm a fan of, like, the Hardly Workings and the Jake and Amir's. And, uh, like, if you watch one of those, if you watch, like, a random one, it'll probably still hold up today in terms of, like, there's no, yeah. nothing you need to know from, like, what was going on in 2008 to, like, understand it. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, the, those were less um, those were less tied to anything. They mm-hmm. were just more of a our kind of little comedy team doing something silly, which, again, those were all shot in the, in the office as opposed to some of the other, the, like... I think if you wanted to do something stupid and not topical and not um, tied, not 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 guaranteed to be to be successful, uh-huh. uh, it was like it was great. Like we had a lot of freedom, but it was yeah. Some of those ones are like you're going to shoot that in the office, not right. We're, we're not going to like send you to China to shoot that or something <laughs> like that. Was it was it weird for you acting in the videos? Um. Not really. I don't. I kind of don't remember, which is <laughs> sad. Um, I don't really remember like any like crippling nervousness about it. I think I was more nervous about like just working with these very very talented coworkers. I wasn't even thinking about like the whether or not I looked bad on camera or not. Again, because also it was you know I think at the time I the scale of the I I just assumed like nobody was watching or anything, so it just felt like a fun you know a fun kind of project that i was working on and then i was very fortunate enough to get paid to do 
Um, so yeah, I was more nervous about like not impressing my coworkers. Um, so, so yeah, you know, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what was like the, the pitching process for like doing a video? Like, would you like, like for hardly working, I'm sure like the, it was like less of a, of a pitching process than something that you have to like go off of the, out of the office to shoot. Um, they were kind of, uh, it evolved um, over time, but I think in general it was not having now worked on other things um, with the, as in a writing capacity. Um, I think the process was somewhat similar. We had a pitch meeting. Um, sometimes at Harley Workings could be a little more like come out of random a random conversation and you just like, if you're having lunch with someone and you're like, oh, this is, you have some you go into some bit and you're just like, let's, let's try and pitch that. And you might just email it that afternoon as opposed to waiting for the following pitch meeting, which could be like a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think pretty sh- quickly on though, we, uh, we started developing like a pretty normal, like weekly pitch meeting um, like SNL does or whatever. Um, and so it did kind of become somewhat traditional, but it was definitely like, but there wasn't, it was not too strict. It would, you could absolutely, just have a fun idea and then tell, um, you know, pitch it to the, to the group. And, and mm-hmm. if, if they like it, you could kind of shoot it. How much were you, when you, when you're pitching and stuff and you're thinking of these ideas, how much are you thinking of like, uh, the audience and stuff of like getting hits or whatever versus just like what you want to do at college humor? Yeah. Um, we, I think there were, there were definitely, yeah, I think, I think it was, uh, um, it's definitely on our mind, but it was more in the sense of like, we need, like, here's a thing that just happened this week or here's a, a new video that is everyone's talking about or something, not a sketch video, but like just yeah. some, you know, like a found footage kind of thing or whatever. Um, and it's like, Oh, we feel like we had like a, I think, I think it was more of like, we just were inspired by it and felt like we had a sort of self-imposed uh, mandate to, um, to like, tackle it and so you know there's certain things that you know certain topics that you're like okay we need to we really should definitely cover this thing Mm -hmm. um so that would guide certain videos and then uh, you know and then but you could there was no like rules or limitations of like other things you could pitch or whatever Mm -hmm. there were just certain things you knew you we were almost definitely going to cover right um and so you know if you want to get your you want to get some stuff on online so You'd, everyone would probably come in with a couple of pitches on a specific idea, or we would just talk it out in the room and come up with one. You know, one of those two things. I, I know uh, a lot of these sites. There's a, a certain like emphasis placed in like pop culture parodies. Was that true at College Humor too? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Again, though, it's uh, that. Yes. Absolutely. But I mean, we all love. Pop culture. I mean, I would be half. Most of my pitches were pop culture based anyway. Yeah. Just because that's like I said before, I just don't didn't really have a real life. I just watch movies and TV shows all the time. <laughs> so like ninety percent of the stuff I pitched, I feel like was especially in those early years was, um, for better or worse, based on movies or TV shows or something like that or video games. Um, but yeah, that stuff. I mean, that's I, that stuff. It was a, that was definitely like a uh, a topic that we knew would. Mm-hmm. had you know more potential to do to do well or whatever right. but again that was just i think it was lucky that that's something we all happen to be big nerds anyway so <laughs> and uh you later became the the head writer of uh, original videos right yes yes how, how did that happen um i th- um basically i think a, a lot of the, a lot of the writers above me kind of left at the same time um, for other shows, like for good reasons, like uh, one 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 writer got a job at SNL, one writer got a job at Fallon and stuff like that. So I think I was kind of the most, I think I was the, you know, I, I think I was uh, next in line, so to speak. Um, not that it's a coronation or anything, but um, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, I've been there for, for a while and I just had the experience and, you know, um, the, 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 the head of original content and I had a great relationship and um you know, and it, it it was he and I were very much. It was more of a collaboration between me and the the me and uh, the the president Sam Reich, uh, who's the head of original content there. Um, so it was you know it wasn't like I was uh, 
working in a void or anything. Right. But but yeah, that's kind of that's sort of essentially how it how that wound up being that. And what's like the responsibility of a of a head writer? Um, I think I'm sure for our I'm sure it's very different right. for every show. I, I don't think my particular thing that was more. I mean, I think the biggest thing was probably. Um, Go, we would go over the pitches and kind of just me and Sam would kind of go over the pitches uh, for an, on any given week and kind of talk about each one and which ones we were more interested in doing or less interested in doing. A lot of the questions you were kind of asking me about, like, would this, you know, which ones are we passionate about? Which ones do we think um, will like will will work? Mm-hmm. Um, beyond and then beyond that, it was sort of um, if there were like other because uh, College Humor, I think, had did a lot of projects other than the online sketches we had like a special on ifc and things like that and those are things that i would he would delegate to to me not always to me though i mean you know it was a, mm-hmm. a lot of different projects flying around but that's kind of yeah sort of just it's yeah that kind of mm-hmm. a lot of advising and kind of and and talking through what we're going to cover in a right. given week and what are the the hallmarks of like a good college humor sketch the hallmarks of a good college humor sketch. Um, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I mean, I think some of them. There's. I'm not just. I'm not trying to dodge the question. It's like because um, some of the some of my favorite ones are the some of my favorite ones are the the least popular ones, right? Or the least, or or if I. Sh- pick two of my favorite sketches there would be like very little in common with them other than i think they're hilarious uh-huh. um one might be topical one might be extremely esoteric one might be very popular one might be it have 11 views um so i really don't know i think i think that's i'm not trying to be cagey i just i, th- I do think it's like um, it just has to connect or something. I, I don't yeah. know. And again, because we have, we, we would have these, we had two very different kind of genres of like the hardly working videos and the non hardly working videos, which were, they did have very different tones and very different subject matter and stuff like that. So, and I love those videos. I love in both ones, but, um, mm-hmm. if I wrote it though, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> that's the one that those are the ones I love. Actually, <laughs> that's my official answer. I remember the, the hardly working videos. They, most of them would start with like, like there'd be like one line that was like from like a like a conversation that was previous like we hadn't seen, and it was just like one like a really strange joke. Yeah, I think we actually did a supercut of those ones. Oh, really? Because those yeah. are so funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a um, someone in our post production department. God bless them. Kind of went through <laughs> and assembled like all of the best ones or the most or the weirdest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's like. I think they call that chuffa in the comedy writing world, which is like the things characters are talking about when you enter a scene. Oh, so I've it, never heard of that. Chuffa. Yeah, that's an annoying comedy writing term for that. I'm sure someone just invented. I, I actually don't. I've never really used that word, but yeah, that's. Um, I feel like I read inter- I think I only know that from reading an interview with someone. I was like, oh, that's that's what we were doing. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. So we didn't invent that, but right. I, I do. I am proud of our how weird we made yeah. ours. <laughs> and and you guys had a you guys had a college humor show for uh, a season. Uh, how did that happen? Yes. How did that happen? <laughs> um, I th- I think through pretty normal ish ways. Um, we pitched it. I mean, I was pretty new at the time, uh, oddly enough, and. Um, I was not like in the upper levels of how that happened, but I'm assuming it was just like we put together a pitch or something. We might have, I mean, we college humor had, you know, I think, I think maybe MTV, it was sort of a marriage between this network that caters towards a certain age group. And our website was kind of this, a similar thing. Um, I know they did, they, they basically, built a whole like Thursday night lineup uh, of new shows of which we were a part. So I think that is also a part of it. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think, we, I think we just, I also, I, I um, again, internet video, I, I think was, it was YouTube was kind of, which sounds shocking, but I think it was somewhat new at the time. Right. Right. Was it 03 or 07 was YouTube? I think it was 07. Yeah. YouTube was 07, I think. So uh, I, there might've been some excitement about, 
online, you know, there's a lot of potential and excitement for turning internet stuff into television stuff, um, which I feel like the universe has still not figured out. But yeah, isn't that weird that it's like we've got so much? Well, I think the opposite sort of happened. It's like now it's like instead of Netflix getting its own show on Fox, it's like Netflix is Fox essentially. Right, right. So I think I do think it's. Technically, if you count Hulu and Netflix as the internet, there is like sure. it's very successful. It's just not what we thought. It was not. It's right. not like E Bomb's World, the TV show. It's right. just like wow, I wonder what that would have been. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. well, our show maybe, <laughs> and it would have been canceled. <laughs> so yeah, what was, what was like the struggles of doing like the online stuff for TV specifically for that show? The str- um. Well, big struggle was we were doing both at the same time. We were making mm. the TV show at the same time. We were we didn't really scale back our sketches at all, so we were doing two jobs at once essentially. Um, so just in sh- just in terms of time spent doing it, there's just a lot of extremely early mornings and long days and late nights and that kind of thing um, across the board. Not just you know we had a post production producers right. writers essentially. Um, we. You know, it was, it was kind of an interesting format because the um, the show um, was a combination of sketches and a sitcom, essentially. And I think merging those was sort of challenging, um, you know, in a way that was exciting. But uh, still, um, there was really no strong blueprint for it, essentially. Um, but yeah, just a lot of work. Yeah. And so you worked at College Humor for, for many years. At what point did you decide it was like time to move on? Um, it wasn't like a day decided. It wasn't like a specific day or anything. I think I was just I I think I was just interested in moving to 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 television. This is many years after our show was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and you know, having done sketch comedy for a while, I think late night just sort of which there's some which there's a lot of I think similar DNA with was very appealing. Um. So yeah, it wasn't like an it wasn't like an overnight thing. It was just sort of a gradual kind of. I just mm-hmm. knew I kind of wanted to try something different after after a while. Um, so, but yeah. And, and were you? I guess College Humor moved from New York to uh, to L.A. Were you? Did you go with that that move, or did you uh, stay here? I went to L.A. You did. How, how was it in L.A.? I liked L.A. Yeah. I like L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like the eternal like question i think for everyone right. in this industry but I, I i dug it i had mm-hmm. a i was i don't know i was i always say i was more of an adult in la oddly mm. like you have to i had i hadn't had a car since i graduated high school right um i lived alone for the first time when i went to la um you kind of got to be more you, you got to make more plans right because you could you drink less probably because you're driving hopefully mm-hmm. um so you smoke more of that weed? That's, yeah, I ne- you know I never got the license. I don't even know if that was impossible when I was there. I think it just become possible to get the license when you were out there. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like le- legal or semi legal or what something. Mm-hmm. It was very doable. I had a friend who like I should know this, but I, don't, I yeah <laughs> I I freak out when I smoke weed, so I yeah tend to not do it too much. <laughs> but did you like? Did you find how different was College Humor in L.A. from College Humor in New York? Well, the cast. Uh, changed pretty rapidly um because two of our writers got jobs had just left right around that same time um for for other for other again for fun reasons they 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 got they got new jobs um but it that was kind of a yeah I, i don't really know how much like the process changed um i mean it was you know new office new you're three thousand miles away from the old office there's obviously a lot of just the normal changes that would of any giant move like that mm-hmm. um, on like a, a granular level. But yeah, the cast was kind of, there was a lot of cast changes pretty rapidly after that. Like if you look at the cast now, it's, an, it's like an entirely different group of right. people. And that even, the, even like a, a largely different group of people from when I left, which was a couple, not even that long ago. Um, so I think that, but that was, you know, again, that was that was exciting. I think you know the the, the people that are there now, are, I think, are as talented as anyone who's mm-hmm. ever been there. And so, what, what's your favorite uh, college humor sketch, if you have one? <laughs> um, oh my gosh, my favorite college humor sketch. 
Um, it's probably a hardly working just because I, those are probably some of the best like memories of making it, um, which is a corny answer, but true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the all nighter videos, um, I always, I, whenever I, sometimes I'll, those will pop up in my YouTube feed and those are always like a blast to rewatch. Again, it's sort of just because the all nighter was this, uh, annual tradition we do where we would make 10 sketches in the, in one night mm-hmm. um we would shoot them all on the same night and we had a lot of like special guests which are basically just our friends who are comedians and they would come and do stuff like that those are so i at least have a genre that i yeah. I, I love um those are always like and, and also a lot of them are i think among even if i didn't know they were the all-nighter videos mm-hmm. i still would be like oh these are they're not compromised at all which is kind of Assume because you're making them in an hour instead right. of a day, but they're all. I'm always very impressed by the quality of them. Um, not all of them, uh, obviously. Some of them, especially the, like the last ones of the night, are going to be everyone's half asleep when you're making right. them. But um, but yeah, the, the, all those all nighter videos I think are definitely up there. I, I, don't, I don't have an answer, but it's probably one of those. Mm-hmm. And were those actually like written at, at night too? Like they were all written and produced at the same time? I think the first year they were all written that night. The very right. first all nighter, maybe the first few even. Mm-hmm. I think by the by the last couple we were not we we decided we we la- we allowed ourselves to at least write them ahead of time. Uh-huh. Um just for practical reasons. Um but the, everything else was pretty much done like we plan you know there's a lot of pre-production but right. everything that was sh- everything is in gen- was genuinely shot that night though mm-hmm. and so you know you're someone who worked in digital comedy for a while what are your thoughts on digital comedy today um i don't know if i keep up with it as much as i should to be mm-hmm. honest um i still i mean i still watch college humor stuff which again is like a, you know i'm not i don't work there anymore mm-hmm. but um I think they're doing great stuff and they have great performers and writers there. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. I, it feels like more difficult to know where to find it now, but maybe I'm just getting older. Oh, interesting. But that's probably just me. Like it's, it's, it's all just Reddit or YouTube. I'm so, I'm so much a fogey right now. No, no, I think that that's actually a very fair thing to say because I think it's mostly YouTube now, I right. think. And then it's YouTube shared on, like, Facebook or Twitter and stuff. Yeah. It's just less about, like, the websites mm-hmm. than it used to be. It, it's, it feels like there's less, like, marquee, like, groups and series that are, like, do, I just defined by being online only kind of things. Right, yeah. In a way that was maybe not... The same, but there are like I mean, I have for me. It's more now. I think I'm just more drawn to like specific creators or comedians mm-hmm. in general. And fifty percent of the time, they probably have a strong. They might have a a, a great web series. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so yeah, it is weird. Like the the business side, though, it seems like it's it's not doing well. <laughs> like with Funnier Die and uh, uh-huh. uh, I guess the Onion too is also having pro- problems. Yeah, I don't keep up too much with the the actual numbers of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it does seem like there's always it, it seems like it's shifting a lot. But I feel like the onions there's been like art. I feel like that's been <laughs> since like day one. Mm-hmm. No, the monet how to monetize it has been a, a, a bit of a challenge. Right. So I don't think that's new, really. Um, like I don't know if there was ever like a boom. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Even when like it was, I think there was a time when it was more popular mm-hmm. and more people were more excited about it. But, and I, I say this, I have no idea. That could be completely wrong. No, it's th- on a mathematical level, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I've been yeah. Even when I was, even when we were doing great, it was always like there was always a conversation of like, how do you mm-hmm. make this sustainable? How do you, mm-hmm. you, you know, make this very profitable, et cetera. But. I don't know. It seems like there's more avenues now than ever to, or more people are doing it. Like, you know, Facebook and Apple are now doing their own sort of online networks. So people still, there's still a lot. I mean, for creators, I think that it's, it's a cool, I I don't really know what's happening in like the accountant's office, but um, 
I think if you're a creator, it's pretty cool because you have now nine other places you could potentially sell your web series. Right. You know, I web, guess College you know. Humor just announced their uh, their new thing. Yeah, drop drop out. I think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess there is. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that how that goes. Sorry, I was drinking water. I wasn't speechless. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. Um, so when you left College Humor, was that for Full Frontal? It was. And so how how did that job come about? Um, I submitted a packet, pretty traditional kind of way. Um, I had definitely had a, I had a um a friend of mine who was a, a friend of mine who worked works for the Daily Show. I think put in a good word for me to which kind of led them to reach out to me about submitting a packet. Um, and yeah, that's just, you know, you just, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, you submit, I'm sure you've ever, you've had the, every other guest that probably has a similar story, but um, yeah, I just, so I, 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 I mean, I applied for a bunch of other late night shows um, uh, and this one, I just sort of clicked with it and it kind of was very fun to write. And uh, I just sort of got the tone of the show. I feel like, and it was, uh, but yeah, I submitted it and it was, a. I, I got, I, I, um, I'm writing here back for, I was the last writer hired of the initial group. So uh-huh. I was definitely like, it was a nice surprise when I got it. Cause it was very much like, Oh, uh, you know, again, I'd gone through other processes of, of applying for shows like this. Um, and I'd been like, well, I guess I didn't get this one, you know? Oh, well. And then like a month later they reached out. So yeah, but that's kind of it. It's sort of a combination of just getting comfortable with submitting for these things. And also, you know, having a, built a network of friends and stuff like that over the years to put in a good word for me and have people at least ask me to apply for these right. shows, et cetera. Uh, in general, what's your approach to writing a packet? I haven't written one in a while. I haven't written one in like two and a half years yeah. now, so I don't even... Uh, I don't really know. I feel like you... I mean, the the initial... I think send it to a lot, like get a lot of feedback on it, like treat it like a screenplay or something or a pilot, you know, get like opinions from friends. Like, you know, I was, again, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of friends who had written for shows like this and just getting their feedback and getting notes and polishing it and refining it and just treating it like you would, you know, like a, like a, like a screenplay if, if, if you know, if you're this kind of writer or whatever. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, they're all kind of different too. I think these, at, depends on the type of I'm much better with the like the nice thing about I think one reason I kind of did a little better at this one than maybe other ones is that like some of them are just all they just want ideas they give us 50 ideas for like desk bits or something like that recurring desk bits or something which are great I mean those are some of my favorite types of late night like I mentioned Conan before and he does some of the best ones of those ever but those those are always a little trickier to like conceive from like nothingness as opposed to like here's a new story talk about this for five pages right. in a way that's that's very fine that's not really that's not really an approach that's just a thing that i'm <laughs> that's just if i'm lucky enough to that that's the um what they're looking for um so i think yeah just doing a lot of them maybe is the right. is the answer and is it easier to write for like um a show that exists already like probably for some of the like other late night ones you did versus like samantha b show which hadn't um uh aired yet or started yet i think it probably depends on the kind of writer you are i think for me, yes. I think knowing, I feel like I, the packets or the things I wrote for existing things were knowing the, the voice of the person you're writing for. I, ironically, the, the the show that I work for now was did not exist yet, mm-hmm. so I guess it's. Uh, but you know, Sam had been on TV for a long time, and 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 the the there was you know so there was some kind of at least tonal basis to kind of plant your foot in. Um, but yeah, I think I, I mean I feel like knowing having something to kind of just a, a springboard is always very helpful. Um, I'm sure there are other writers who love a blank canvas um, and have a million ideas, and they just want to, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think the the former maybe is a little bit easier, mm-hmm. um, but maybe, but you know, but, but maybe more constraining, I guess. And, and like when you're hired uh, for a show that hasn't uh, aired yet, hasn't started yet, what are like what are you doing like in the couple months before the premiere to like get the show ready? Especially for like a topical show where you can't like write something, 
you know, February. Well, for our show, we did a couple of test episodes. So you're kind of making – that they just don't air. They're just right. for like to see what works, what doesn't work, to get a feel for the rhythm of the show and stuff like that. So you are actually doing shows, um, even topical shows, that just don't see the light of day because they're not really for broadcast. Right, right. Or, you know, we're just not on the air yet. Mm-hmm. Um and there's, I think there's also, there's just so much, there's so much practical stuff that I, as a writer, I'm not always, I wasn't even necessarily like doing it myself, but, um, that I think that keeps everyone very busy. And then, yeah, you just kind of figure out the format at least that way. So you can kind of like, and what works and what doesn't and what the show will generally look like. Um, so you can kind of hit the ground running mm-hmm. and, you know, we have, a, we have usually our second and even third acts, um, are not super topical. Right, right. So, you know, there's a, you can really build up a backlog of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to evolve a little bit over, but between when you come up with it and when you write it and when you broadcast it. But so, yeah, there's like, there's like a lot to do yeah. you know, before you actually start the show. And it was like the show format, like very much what it is now. Like, was it like first act, second act, stuff like that? Well, you know, again, I was the last, I, I, I was the last writer hired uh-huh. of the initial batch group of writers. Um, and I so I got there a little bit after a lot of people. So I'm sure it was I wasn't there from like day one of the office period. Mm-hmm. I started before the show started, so I got to see. I was there for some of the ramp up, right? But um, by the time I got there, I think the very basic format of it was pretty much like the, I think we knew Act One was going to be Act One, Act Two like was going to be what it is now, mm-hmm. Act Two. And X was going to be what it is now, three with the field pieces. Um, yeah, I think there's maybe more blue sky. And there's like just more blue skying of just like, right. well, maybe Act 2 can be like a short film or something. Or yeah. Act 2 could be like we could do a musical or something, which we do do from time mm-hmm. to time. But, um, you know, there was maybe a little more, which is, I think, a completely normal creative process. Mm-hmm. And how different was it going from like uh, college humor, like an online media thing, to uh, full frontal, like a TV show? It was nerve wracking at first because I had been, I'd worked for other stuff, but it was always like probably with some tangent. If it wasn't college humor itself, it was probably like a production of, of college humor's, of a college humor esque production or mm-hmm. it had similar creators behind it. So it was always pretty adjacent with that's 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 over the course of like over that's like six or seven years um so just change just moving on was definitely a little bit nerve-wracking and you know you never like i mean this is an entirely new work environment i wasn't i think there was i think i casually knew like one or two of the other people there but it wasn't like going in it wasn't like i knew half the people there Mm -hmm. so and i didn't know what to expect i mean it was a brand new show i no one it it could have, there wasn't like a reputation to even know of like, Oh, this show is great. Everyone's nice. Um, I mean, in, in, in terms of just a workplace right, right. situation, not in terms of the, the, the quality of the show, but, um, but I got lucky. It was great. So I think I very easy. I think early on, everyone, everyone kind of realized they were, yeah, that first couple of weeks or months, everyone, I think everyone's kind of just maybe being a little more guarded, but I feel like everyone kind of got along pretty well. Everyone mm-hmm. kind of realized, that no one there was like a big jerk or anything like right. that. Um, unless I had a big jerk uh, <laughs> and no one told me, but yeah. So, and then technically, I mean, technically the nice thing about, again, even though we sort of kind of leaned off, we kind of rolled back doing super topical stuff at college humor. We still were like kind of operating on a, the schedule wasn't super different. Like we kind of my last few years of college humor, I think it was, sort of on a weekly schedule. It was like you would, mm-hmm. we would have a meeting on Monday, pitch ideas, they get greenlit, people write them on like Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you know, then they get shot whenever, but like the writing schedule, I think what did basically have, and you get notes on Thursday, maybe and turn your final draft on a Friday. That's roughly how it, it worked there. Right. I'm not sure if it still does, but, um, and that's not super different from how I feel like it operates. Um, at our show because yeah. it's weekly. There's also probably like a, like a maybe a job security thing where at college humor you probably felt very secure in your job, and then full frontal. Like, I mean, who knows if the show gets canceled, you know, and stuff right. like that. Yeah, that was definitely in the back of my mind. But uh, 
I was just, for me, I was like, yeah, I mean, there's two, there's one is the show going to get canceled, but I think more was like, am I going to be fired yeah. because I'm not funny? <laughs> um, but yeah, and that, but that's like, to me, it's just like, all I could do is work. I mean, the first few months I definitely like didn't have a life at all. I was just like, yeah. my main job here is to not get fired. And so I would, you know, just basically never go out after work or anything right. like that. But, um, and that's honestly that will never go away, <laughs> right? In my entire life, but um, but yeah, no, that that was uh, it was yeah. Again, it, it was like definitely not like I wasn't like it wasn't like a college humor. It was like mm-hmm. I'm the old guard and <laughs> you know Roger Sterling or whatever. <laughs> I know, that, like late night shows are seem very um, well. They have a lot of turnover, which is, I guess is kind of built in, but. It seems very scary because you're like, I guess you're like, I know the network ones are like 13 week contracts and you could be fired like right after that. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a little, a little nerve wracking, but you know, our, our, our show has had, um, a pretty positive like turnover type of situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, like this is my first late night job. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just the way it works. <laughs> What's it like uh, doing a weekly show, like handling the pressure of, uh, you know, having the show ready every Wednesday? Um, it's it's intense only. It's intense for other reasons, but it's intense in right now in particular. I mean, Act One, I think, is always the most intense because uh, we do try and make that somewhat topical and it's sort of impossible to do that with any like it's impossible to predict the news even like an hour in the future let alone a day in the future and a week in the future is literally impossible um so that's just like that is i mean that's something we all are just that's just the reality (laughs) that we work in i'm sure it's always been an issue in shows like these but um i don't think it's crazy to say that it's more intense and more fast paced and changing in the, in the news, in the comedy news sort of landscape now than uh, ever before. So yeah, that's, that is definitely like uh, just something. I mean, it's nice. It's, 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 you have a lot of rich material to work with, but it's not like, it's not like, Oh, Trump's great for comedy or whatever. It's, there's like, it's just like an unending fire hose. Right stuff that you know i mean i think we, i'm sure we've done episodes like where we we literally will change the script like morning of and it's still we'll miss one big story by the time we air it's crazy just because of the nature of the news these days and i'm sure that wasn't the case pre-trump right like not so much at least yeah the thing is i started this sh- i mean i could say i could answer that question but it'd be, it'd be more as a fan than as a than as a Oh, cause I started the show like right during, I think my, I started in like early, very early, like January of, of, of 16. So like, I don't, I've never worked on a top oh, of the news Trump show. Was in the, yeah. yeah. He was in the primaries already and he yeah. was already, I think leading in the polls maybe even. So it was, it was, you know, he, it was the, the birth of this insane news cycle was definitely like, had already happened. I feel like, yeah. um, and then we did cover stuff in my, my last job that was topical and stuff, but it was not, not, not at the same pace and not with the same, we didn't have to right. in the way that we do at this show. I do remember when it was like one of my last uh, college humor, I pitched a sketch. This is like in like late 2015 about, cause Donald Trump is already, is before even Iowa, I think this is like, but he was already kind of making a lot of headlines and doing a little better in the polls than people thought. And was saying, had already said, terrible things you know he'd done the, the the mexican speech about them being rapists and that kind of thing um so i pitched a sketch making fun of him and i remember i think i have the email of me emailing sam and being like oh this is a cool idea but like we should probably rush this one because he might be gone next week i know which That's is so just funny. insane to really really just crazy to look back at that and how naive i was and it's weird because, like, especially nowadays, I think, like, um, everyone has to do jokes about politics, at least. I guess because it's, like, the thing that's on everyone's mind. I don't know if it's, like, a mandate, but it is almost, like, uh, everywhere you go, there's, like, even, like, the, the sites, like, maybe Funny or Die and stuff that used to not be so political. Sure. 
are now doing very political stuff. Like we all know who like like Rod Rosenstein is. Like it's like we didn't we didn't know that before. Yes, for late night shows, it does seem that is just a, a very hard thing to avoid. I mean, it's just it's not even it's just some of the things that are happening are so crazy. It would be crazy to not talk about them, right? Um. Yeah, it's kind of unique for late night shows because I think that there is such a history of like, oh, you need to be talking about what happened, you know, what happened today. Um, but I do feel like, uh, um, but for non late night shows, it seems like there's not that much. Like, I feel like if you looked at the, I could be completely wrong about this, but I feel like like sitcoms yeah. are not exactly. I don't see a ton of like Trump, Trump satire in sitcoms i think i don't think it's because i I think it's i think it might be like i don't want to say it's like escapism kind of thing but it does feel like i'm glad i'm kind of glad for that like i'm glad i'm glad we have shows like ours i think it's very important to talk about this stuff and to make and to make fun of people in power and that kind of stuff but i'm glad that you know like last man on earth didn't have like a trump subplot in it (laughs) yeah Although I think, like, I mean, some sitcoms do still, like, didn't like Arrest Development do something with... Yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. I mean, also, I, I think at the time of this recording, there could be a wave of them <laughs> on right. the horizon, you know. Right. But I know Last Man Standing, is, which is in a in a not entirely critical way, um, covers some, like, Trump-era stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the rest of development thing. I heard Family Guys doing a Trump episode. I'm sure it's gonna like yeah. come up, uh, but it feels like more isolated. Where it's like, oh, the Family Guys doing its Trump episode, and The Simpsons did its Trump thing, or whatever. Right. Um, I guess I mean like in a sort of like you know, like I don't see Modern Family doing like a season long Trump arc yeah. or something. I mean, maybe I'm just. It just seems. It just seems again. It's just. It's not an original thought, but it just seems so hard to like tackle in that way. And right. just no one wants. I mean, everyone's so sick of Donald Trump. I know. I don't want. I don't. I don't need to talk. I don't. I don't want to see him on my like television screen more mm-hmm. than I have to. Also, in a sitcom, you can't really. You could. You know. I, I think it's a little trickier to do, and like our show, we're able to sort of we're doing it through satire but it's a little more direct we're saying here's right. how we feel here's the point of this here's what's what we think is right and wrong whereas in like i haven't seen the new season of rest of development but um it feels like it's more of just it's sort of a more it's sort of a broader theme throughout the show they're running for political office. I, I, i'm, I'm I such a bet i haven't yeah. seen the full season i only saw yeah. like the first two episodes uh yeah i think there's like a political thing where she the Lindsay like says Trump's like is like Trump I guess I, I can't I don't know I, no, I seen it, it was like the blue I think I just saw like a yeah I don't know none of, yeah. <laughs> we're the two worst comedy fans yeah. in the world do you guys talk about this arrest development that they haven't seen <laughs> yeah that's the whole pot that's a new podcast actually <laughs> um but yeah I mean how do you tackle doing comedy about like Trump and stuff that people don't are people I don't know that that isn't fun to talk about um I think. It's evolved. Um, I keep saying that everything's evolved, but it's true. Uh, I, I think if you look at the way we were talking, or a lot of comedy people were talking on late night were talking about him a year ago versus now, it's completely changed. I think we're talking about him less because there's just other things happening. He's actually do- creating policies that are like, we want to talk, like, you know, his immigration policy. We, we want to talk about that. And he's obviously a part of that. And he's, there's going to be sound bites of him and, 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 he's going to do things and say things that we want to talk about and criticize. Um, whereas during the election, I think it was a little more about him as just this like bizarre candidate mm-hmm. um, who was just trying to burn the world to the ground, um, which he kind of still is. Um, yeah. So I think it's, I, I, I do think that, you know, I, I don't think I, I haven't. I don't think we've written like a joke. I could be wrong about this. But I, don't, I don't think we've written like a, like a joke about his hair or his orangeness in like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure someone will find some <laughs> clip that disproves that. But like generally speaking, I think most. I would. I would hope most late night shows. Like I, I don't think it's like, hey, can you believe this guy's hair? He's bald. Isn't right. that funny? That's just like it's just gotten more serious and more 
and he's he's also the president now. He's just he's just doing more things that are. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more Trump adjacent comedy, right? But maybe less jokes about him as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat. Eminem on that new album. I don't really listen to Eminem, but I like look at the lyrics, and he like called Trump like Agent Orange, and it was so funny. Just yeah. like. Just imagining Eminem rapping like Agent Orange very seriously, like not knowing that that's kind of a weird, weird thing to say. Right. I remember that lyric. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so like you know you were doing college humor and you're like a, a comedy writer and stuff, but now you have to focus on on politics very very much, like a very non comedy thing in many respects. Do you find that were you, like were you always interested in politics or did you like have to ramp it up as you got this job and stuff? I'm not politics specifically. But I've definitely have always been like a. I love. I'm always been like a, a a nerd. I guess I'm using that term kind of broadly. But like by nature, I love like digging into anything that I'm into, or a story, or a topic. I mean, I read the newspaper every day, and mm-hmm. you know. So I think I had a general awareness, and I love the Daily Show. So I was also getting a lot of you know news from that, essentially. Um, but. So yeah, I wasn't like I wasn't ever like a political, specifically a political wonk, but I also love. I mean, I wasn't again. I think by virtue of being an English major and then writing for this paper, you kind of. I definitely had. I loved like picking a topic and and learning as much as I possibly can about that topic, which came in, which I think definitely came in handy mm-hmm. um, in in this job. Uh, how has the show like uh, changed since like you first got there? Like in the two and a half years you've been working there. Um. Our set's different. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of new. Um, that's and that's a very easy answer. <laughs> uh, beyond that, how has it changed? I, I think it's just kind of refined more. Like we kind of know what topics that we like talking about, what topics we feel like we are really good at talking about. Um, we, you know, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's just kind of having a better sense of what types of stories will, I don't want to say do well, like that's the end goal. But like, you know, people will respond to that Sam can will communicate in a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just, I think just, it's just sort of refined and, and, and maybe polished in a way now that, it, it, you know. Mm-hmm. What would you uh, like to be doing next? Next, I mean, I'm 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 very happy at, at where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> um, I should know that probably. <laughs> um, I'm sure my parents would love to know that. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not. I think I'm. Uh, you know, I'm tr- trying to write stuff on the side just to not let those kind. Of, like you know, I don't really do like sketch comedy anymore, like I used to. So I'm just trying to keep those muscles from atrophying. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I don't, yeah, nothing, nothing, no specific, you know. Yeah. Would you ever want to do a uh, narrative? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've written pilots and stuff before. And, and again, like, you know, via college humor, we, we had our very short lived sitcom. We had all the sketch, you know, sketch comedy, which is, I guess, not really narrative in, in the sort of industry parlance, but mm-hmm. is still fictional characters talking right. to each other. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we're gonna wrap up uh, with you giving your thoughts on a sketch idea I have. You oh, I I give you the idea. No, no, I'm giving I'm idea. giving you the sketch idea, and you say your thoughts on it. Okay, like in a critical way, or just in like a. Uh, see, I, I always struggle. I, I always struggle to communicate like a good way to do this, but just like it's very, inf- very somewhat critical, but like very informal. Whatever you want to do. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this would be like a, an Airbud movie or situation but instead of it being like a sports movie the the dog would be a surgeon and Uh so it's like there's there's nothing in the hippocratic oath that says a dog can't do surgery right (laughs) uh and so yeah that's pretty much the idea and is right so like people would be i think the idea being that it's so much worse yes yeah when because the stakes are so much higher than a dog playing basketball right i can sell it i like it here's what'd be tricky Uh dogs very hard very hard on set I know. Could be an animation. Oh, that's that's true. I, Though I do have an affinity for like fake dog paws in like live action stuff. <laughs> like anytime any yeah. movie or sketch or literally anything where 
two fake paws go over a dog's eyes because he's embarrassed. <laughs> oh, like, those are so funny. Like in Beethoven's second. <laughs> I so I'm on. Uh, you, you're, you, I like it, but I'm biased because it involves <laughs> a dog doing something silly, and I, presumably a dog holding a little two fake little dog paws holding <laughs> a scalpel. Yeah. yeah. I also think it'd be funny if I did it like as a live sketch and just had a dog that was like not. Yeah. Like, well, like just traveling around the theater, like not doing it. Oh, like a real. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I guess if if you make the point of the the dog's inability to behave, part of the the thing is yeah. Airbud well behaved. I never, I've actually never seen. It's kind of funny. Airbud's almost like it's kind of like um, Florida jokes. Like everyone makes Florida jokes, whether or not they've ever been to Florida. Right. I bet people make Airbud jokes having never seen Airbud. I've never seen Airbud, and I've definitely written at least one Airbud joke in my life. Oh, I think I, I've seen a lot of Airbud, and he is a good dog. He's a good boy. He's played like nine sports, right? He's played volleyball, basketball, soccer, football. Football. I can't believe he played football. That's yeah. the one. How does he? I guess I want to let me try and guess how he Airbud. He just bumps the basketball with his nose, right? right? Yeah. So he can't. Can he travel down court with it? I forget now how how they did it. I don't think he can actually. I think he, I bet he just hung out by like the three point line, right? <laughs> yeah, he like nosed it in. Yeah, he was cherry picking the entire time. Volleyball is, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's probably that was probably the first one, maybe because that's the one that makes the the most sense. Is he a kicker in, in the in the football one? I just specifically remember him catching a ball somehow. I forget I forget how he did it. That's really funny. Maybe in his mouth, which makes no sense. That yeah. Baseball, I could catching seems very easy. Yeah, how does he swing though? How does he swing a bat? Maybe he's maybe he's a designated runner, <laughs> runner or something. Oh, that'd be interesting. I'm definitely gonna Google this as soon as we're done. <laughs> Imagine Airbud just sliding in. It's weird too. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of very funny shots of him, yeah. very awkwardly catching balls that, in a way, that don't make any <laughs> zoological sense. This is the second Airbud sketch I've ever thought of, and I think I want to think of more. I think I'm really, I really like Airbud. I might have to go and watch one. I feel, actually, you're making me feel guilty for never having. <laughs> I feel like a comedy fraud because I've never actually seen one. And I, yeah, yeah. I mean, Nothing I, in the rule book. I feel like that line is so famous. Right. It's almost more famous than the movie. I actually, you know how like in Star Wars, like everyone says, "Luke, I am your father," and that's not what was said. Yes, uh, I wonder if that's actually said in the in the movie. There's nothing in the rule book. Oh, I think seems... said someone says, "Luke, I am your father." In Airbud, <laughs> oh, no. why? This makes no sense. <laughs> uh, you're that's a great question. That would be like, it's like um, Jimmy Cagney never said, "You dirty rat." Even right. Though, when everyone, whenever everyone does a, uh, I think even like play it again. Sam has never been said in Casablanca. A, oh, really? I think it's kind of like the "I'm your father" thing, where like they almost it's like play it again. But not played against Sam right, or right, something right. like that. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen. Yeah. So I'll watch Airbud then Casablanca. <laughs> the perfect double feature. Perfect. Uh, thanks for coming to the show. Anything you want to plug? Uh, Full Frontal Wednesdays at ten thirty on TBS. Um, other than that, I have nothing. All right. <laughs> I'm doing a comedy show in a month, but I don't remember the date and time, so it'd be kind of <laughs> silly to to try and say it. Follow me on Twitter or something. I don't know. <laughs> And I'll, right. I'll post it there. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.